Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, good morning. Excuse me. Guten Morgen, Michael Lombardi, as we say good yeah. morning to you here on a wonderful November 13th NFL Week 10. However, we look to Munich, Germany as we start off here. We say hi and good morning. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi live from the Borgata, and we're getting started here. It's exciting. Seattle, Tampa Bay. It's nil-nil there in Germany as we say good morning to you, Michael Lombardi. Good morning. I mean, this crowd in Germany is festive, as you can see. Loud. I mean, they were they they are loud. I mean, they love football. I mean, they really do. And I promise you, there's going to be an NFL team eventually in my lifetime in Germany, because before when NFL Europe was in play, there were five NFL European teams. Four of them were in Germany. So, I mean, it's a great look at the venues, tremendous. The crowds into it, and uh, it, it's fun. And it, you know, the, the Bucks are you know the Bucks are struggling, as we know, and uh, you know they got. They can't quite get into a rhythm, and when they had a negative play early in the drive, both teams have kind of shot themselves in the foot, kind of started off slow. So, uh, you know, one of these things will kind of transcend itself as we get going. I thought Geno Smith made some incredible throws early, but they've had some negative plays that have caused them to have to turn the ball back over. Well, we've been very clear about it, and the theme today on the Lombardi line over the next two hours is going to be to QB or not to QB, quarterback questions across the league. But I will say one thing. It, we sent two first-place teams. But the perception was, of course, it's Tampa Bay, it's Tom Brady. The market ends up closing two and a half. It's interesting. Seattle's just not getting the love, Michael. They go to Arizona last week against a bad Cardinals team. They close catching two. They win by 10. They go to Germany against a bad Tampa team. Let's be fair. The quarterback's great. The team is bad, and they're catching two and a half, and it did touch three earlier in the week. Yeah, and you know, look, and they just continue to just get disrespected, but play. They're the TCU of the NFL, Patrick. I mean, Good one. you know, TC, Good one. TCU kept getting disrespected, and of course, you know, with the brilliance of the man that they faced last night at Texas and his brilliant play calling, uh, you know, that TCU's oh. able to come away with the win. I mean, it, I, I can't – I know we're going to talk – just a moment on college football. I can't imagine two worst programs in college football right now than Texas and Texas A&M. Now, Texas at Tech, Texas is winning. You know, there's, what, seven and three, whatever the record is. But you can't – two coaches that have elite jobs – that are not really elite coaches. And Jimbo Fisher, there should be an intervention down at A&M. There should be. I mean, to lose to Cadillac Williams in an interim situation at Auburn is embarrassing. I'll say this. You can have your Jimbo. I'll one-up you with Sarkeesian. He got a job at Washington, at USC, and now Texas. To get a third chance at Texas, the guy is a terrible coach. We digress. We'll get to that next Saturday. Of course, it's NFL Week 10. Uh, just quickly, a thought on this game, and then we're going to move forward to those quarterback questions and answer them early as we get started. What have you seen? And we're going to get it for the in-game betters, but what have you seen so far? I know a nice little start for Seattle, then it stalled. What have you seen yeah. there in Germany? 
I, I think both teams are feeling each other out, and I think the Pete Carroll punting there, he feels like he knows he's Tampa's not going to get away from him. I think this is going to be a close game all the way through. I think this is going to be a field goal game at the end of the game. I don't think either team's going to be the dominant team. So I think it's probably pretty much status quo after a quarter. I do think eventually once Tampa gets a little tired defensively, I think Tampa will – I mean, Seattle will be able to, to throw the ball more effectively because they can. Now, they've hit they've hit Geno a couple times on some blitzes, but I think once they get this thing settled down, they'll start to run the ball a little bit more, and then I think Geno will really – the receivers are going to make plays for Seattle. Okay, Michael, a great write-up today. The Daily Newsletter, Bill A.D. and the crew. Bill does a great job with it. Go to vcin.com, enter your email address, and get it. A great write-up from Brent Musburger, who follows the Lombardi line, uh, of course, here on vcin, talking about the quarterback position. No position means more to the spread. No position means more to the better. Let's start with Josh Allen. Looks like he's going to give it a go there at home, potentially in the snow against Minnesota. Well, I mean, look, when they didn't bring Matt Barkley up yesterday, that line jumped from three and a half back up to six and a half. I think now we're at seven. I see seven's pretty much across the board. Circa's at seven. DraftKings here in New Jersey's at six and a half. There's some, uh, there's some other sevens or some six and a half shop. It. Schefter paid the point that he can't get himself hurt based on the medical evidence that they've talked to with doctors. I think the first play of the game will be a deep throw, and I think Josh Allen's got to play well today. I think Josh Allen has to lead this team. You know, they're 6-2, coming off a bitter loss to the Jets. I think they want to regain themselves, and if he plays, you know, against the Minnesota team, which is going into a bye in bad weather, these outdoor teams, these indoor teams that go outdoors today, Detroit and Minnesota, going to be interesting to see how they both play. Good one. Again, storylines. We'll get to Jeff Saturday. The weather. This is the first week the weather will be part of the storyline, Michael Lombardi. You mentioned Minnesota-Buffalo. It's going to be cold, maybe a few showers, winds 10 to 15. It's not crippling weather, but it could be cold. Could see a mix of snow and rain there in Buffalo. Just quickly, a note on the number. Remember, this number opened Buffalo hosting Minnesota lane 8.5. When the quarterback situation went down, it got all the way down to 3.5. You nailed it. It's now back up to 7, the importance of the quarterback there. Yeah, no doubt. And look, I mean, you know, Minnesota probably was preparing for Allen all week long because they saw that, you know, they didn't put him on IR, they didn't move him, and they weren't moving anybody up. So, you know, there's two offenses. There's the Case Keenum offense, and then there's the six-back offense. Now, the reason you got to like Buffalo today is not because Allen's playing, but because of the way Minnesota played against the six-back attack. When they played Chicago, they really weren't a six-back attack at that point, Chicago. They were still dabbling in trying to make Justin Fields a passer. And, you know, they got a big lead in that game, and then they came back. Uh, Minnesota got a big lead in the game. Chicago came back. And Chicago's driving on the last drive of the game, trying to win the game, and they stripped the ball and turn it over. Chicago loses. Philadelphia, six-back attack. They really struggle to stop Philadelphia. I think Minnesota will have a hard time defending Buffalo today with Josh Allen making it even harder. You know, to me, I could see why a lot of people in the contest took Buffalo at three and a half. That's a pretty good play considering now all of a sudden the line's back up to six. Okay, Michael, let's continue with the theme in the quarterbacks. Looks like Ryan Tannehill will plays, missed a few weeks, of course, for Tennessee. Denver goes to Tennessee. That's in the early window. Right now I've got two, two and a half with Tennessee Lane. It looks like we will see Tannehill as he is expected to play. Right. So we got to make sure Tannehill can move, right? So that's going to be the first thing to see is can he move around? But look, the reality of it is, is they're not going to change. Tennessee's not going to change what they do. The concern you have if you want to play Tennessee here is the doubleheader they played last, last Sunday, you know, last Sunday when they had the big game Saturday, Sunday afternoon. They're sitting there, they're playing, and it's a very challenging game. So to me, we got, we got a score here for the Bucks. The runner. We do have yep. a touchdown for Julio. the Bucks. Yeah, Julio, Julio scores. Your boy. Hey, yeah, he, he sh- made an appearance. And maybe there's good medicine over there in Germany. Don't let, let me say this to you, Patrick. You know, there's a lot of NFL players that go to Germany in season to get medical treatments. Platelets. That's a whole other. Get the, the, yeah. the, that was Kobe Bryant used to go there, remember, to have the blood transfusions. There's a whole bunch of NFL, not a whole bunch, but the really diehard guys that understand it, they go over there to get medical treatments. So maybe Julio got some treatment. He looks pretty good running here. You know, looks pretty anyway. Spry. Anyway, back to Tennessee-Denver. I think ultimately this is a game that, that Tennessee has to dominate up front. They've got to make Russell uncomfortable in the pocket. They've got to be able to do that. And if they can, 
you know, this will, they could create some turnovers. Look, it's hard to run the ball on Denver's good up front. It's hard to run the ball on them. You're going to have to – but Tennessee's not going to change. And this will be a close game, assuming they stay attached. It's going to come down to what Russell Wilson can do against a really good – Tennessee's front is the strength of their team. Blocking Jeffrey Simmons is the hardest part about playing Tennessee. Okay, the next one, late window, you've got three games, Arizona and the Rams. That's some symmetry there because quarterback questions abound. I don't think the mayor, Kyler Murray, is going to play with the hamstring. Colt McCoy is going to be in there. And frankly, Michael, there's no chance Matthew Stafford plays with this concussion. The idea of him getting cleared when he wasn't Wednesday and Thursday with what's happening Maybe you disagree. What do you think there with the Rams and Stafford? I, I, I really think Stafford's not going to play, Patrick. I, I, I think I Stafford's, his whole, the way he has played this year, his eye level's down. It's not that he's gotten way, hit way too much. And so they can't really protect him. They can't protect him at all. So it's a challenge. So where are they going to go with this? What are they going to do? How is this going to really work out? It's going to be very difficult. And I think that when you look at this Ram team, you know, I, I know they're going to play Wolford. You can attack the pocket. They can't protect. They can't run the ball. The, uh, I think Colt McCoy doesn't really give them – I think Colt McCoy actually makes their offense better from the pocket, from just throwing the ball, you know. And, and I know that sounds crazy considering that you've paid Kyler Murray all this money and he and everybody loves to beat beat plays. But in the end of the day, those beat beat plays have been few and far between. So, look, I, I think there's a long-term question for Stafford here. You know, do you play him? I, I would not be surprised, and I have no knowledge. This is just completely a guess. But I would not be completely surprised if Stafford and McVay walk away at the end of the year. Okay. Rams, of course, hosting Arizona. Two bad football teams right now. The Rams are laying three with those quarterback questions. Okay, deep breath. Let's, let's take a deep breath and, and take a step back for a second. We know the theme this year um, I'm like a broken record talking about it. Dogs are hitting at a 58% clip. The unders are now cashing at a 60% clip. But let's start here as we just got done with the news. It's the second half of the season. What are coaches thinking as we enter officially the second half of the NFL season? You know, I, I think what coaches are thinking is we just got to put together a, a good game. Like a couple good games in December, in November and December, get you back into the playoff race because mm-hmm. everything's so tight. There's no elite. I mean, Philly's an elite team by their record. I'm not sure they're an elite team by their play all the time. And so I think with, with a team like Tampa or a team like, see, all we got to do is string together some good games, string together a couple series, and let's get this thing going. Because now is really, if you put together a five game win streak now, now you got a chance to be in the playoffs. Munich, Germany, that's the site. Seattle and Tampa Bay, two first place teams. Tampa Bay up. 7-0 early in the second quarter. We're going to keep you updated. We'll be here riding with you on the Lombardi line throughout. When we come back, Jeff Saturday is in in Indy. He's getting bet in Vegas. That's next. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Another day, another guy drops at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This time it's college hoops. Remember, we're underway. The college basketball 2022 23 season is here, and so is the betting guide. Team pages for 363 D1 teams. We've got 400 plus pages of information, conference breakdowns, tips for beginning betters, title value. It's all there. Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, the crew did an amazing job. It's vsin.com slash subscribe. Remember to get the guides, you have to become a pro. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. I'm just still reading over at vsin.com the daily newsletter, which is free. Just enter your email address. Uh, I know, Michael, you wake up with it as well. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. What I like about it is it kind of, it gives you, it sets you up for the day with the links, so you don't have to go searching for things. Bill's got it all set up there. Make sure you check it out. It's a good place to start with your coffee in the morning. Okay. Especially he started early this morning because of the game in Germany. So you want to be kind of briefed or early in the morning, which makes it even better. So you kind of get everybody's perspective along with the news overnight from, you know, Josh Allen, from Kyler Murray, John yep. Wolford probably playing, you know, the, the health of Ryan Tannehill. All that stuff is important. You know, Matt Milano is going to play today for Buffalo. All that stuff is really goes into what you're finally going to decide on the betting market. 100%. Buccaneers lead 7-0, 12 to play in Munich, Germany. The last play there, it looked like Gino could have used his legs to get that first yeah. down, kind of a little tentative. I don't know if he thought the same thing. I, th- I However, did, too. He saw, that, he saw that defender out there, and I don't think he thought he could make it, so I think he just tried to extend it all. Look, they got to get going here. This is going to be a big series in the game. You know, they can't, get, they can't let the Bucs get into the rhythm. What's happening in this game is the Bucs are able to run the ball more effectively and the, which helps their offense, whereas Seattle hasn't been able to run the ball, which affects their offense. So this is really about, yes, they've made plays in the passing game. Seattle blows that coverage there. You know, the guy dropped the crosser and thought somebody was going to pick him up, and he didn't. They were in man coverage, and they blew the coverage. They blew, this, they blew this, the, the thing. But this is critical here. They've got to be able to get control of this game at this point here. They've got good field position talking about Seattle defense. So if they can three get a three and out, they should get the ball back in good field position and get them some points here. Okay, officially welcome in Nesson, of course, Masson, Marquee Sports Network, and the rest of you. We are, of course, the Lombardi line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. As we get underway here, let's get to the storylines. And, of course, Michael, for an audience that may not have heard your reaction, Jeff Saturday named the interim coach there for the Colts. Now, what's interesting here is this number was six and a half. They're in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. We'll get to the Raiders in a bit. This number is all the way down to four. I don't think they're betting Coach Saturday. I think they're probably betting the fact that Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro aren't going to be there. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that, uh, you know, the Raiders are one of the worst teams defensively, 32nd and third down, bad in the red zone, can't, didn't been able, didn't touch tar- Trevor Lawrence last week. I think this is a tale of two teams kind of both not playing very well over the last couple of weeks, get blown out in New Orleans, shut out by, by the Saints, and then lose badly to a Jacksonville team that was struggling on a five-game losing streak. So that's why this line's moving. It has nothing to do with Saturday in the park. I mean, to me, it's disrespectful to the coaching profession to make this guy a head coach. I mean, first of all, he's paid no dues. He doesn't understand the profession. It's what we call the Dunning-Kruger effect. What Dunning-Kruger effect is is a cognizant bias that is basically says you may be really good in one area, really smart, but when you go into another area, that intellectual capacity that you have isn't transferable. I think this is what's happened. Saturday can talk all about being an ex-player, playing around Hall of Fame players, you know, seeing Hall of Fame coaches, general managers. That's not applicable to the job he has. It's almost disrespectful. But to me, the fact that, you know, this line moved is more about the Raiders than it is about Saturday. This, to me, has no chance to work. In Indianapolis, it'll be a disaster because it wasn't good when they were getting coached. I can't imagine it's going to get better. 
So what's interesting here is if you're going to take a risk on Saturday and were to believe the reporting that was out today, you know, Scott Milinovich is the quarterback's coach, and apparently Saturday and Ursay wanted him to call plays, but he wanted to be compensated for that. They didn't want to do that, so they're going to have a 30-year-old that's never called plays. Parks, you can help me with his last name. He was an assistant for Reich. He's going to call plays, so it's just kind of a mess. Like you're not going to you're not going to compensate the quarterback coach because he wants to call plays. Everything seems to be upside down right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Milinovich, I mean, like, seriously, I mean, if this is true that he said, hey, I wanted to get compensated, like, now he's in there. And so, like, look, they don't pay me, but now you want me to help you? Like, what, what's going on here? There's a disconnect Tells you within the Michael. building. Tells no, you no there's something there going on. Yep. The fact that – do you think any of those coaches, especially on the offensive side, are happy that, A, they lost Frank, they're loyal to Frank, they love Frank, right? B – do they think they really they have any respect for Saturday, regardless of his dissertation about how he's played with Hall of Fame players, about how he's been around a Hall of Fame general manager? All that's nonsense, right? Now, I think the defense will play to their level because they're being coached separately, but I just don't, I don't think that it's going to be one of those situations where everybody's just going to embrace this Saturday thing. One of the hardest things is, and Bill Walsh talks about it in one of his great books, uh, the, the, the book that he wrote about the, the build, uh, finding the winning edge, which is a hard book to get online, is he talks about what happens when you hire an interim coach. The coaches all of a sudden start to look for survival. Everybody in the organization is worried about survival, right? They're all worried about what's more important. Nobody's focused on the task at hand. It's very challenging. And with this Colt team, which last week, they couldn't block a simple TE stunt. I mean, they couldn't even block it. I mean, the first play of the game, Belichick runs a TE stunt, which he knows that Indy can't block, and they sack the quarterback. You know, then they end up with nine sacks. You think that's going to get better over the last three days? I doubt it. No, I don't think so. Indy's at Vegas. Vegas is lane four. The total 41.5. I see a couple of 41s popping up. The Raiders have tied an NFL record by blowing a 17-point lead three times this season, and we're just halfway through. Let's go to the Raiders for a second. The struggles continue. Why is that? Well, I mean, look, they're not any good. I mean, let's just go through it. And, and again, full disclosure, my son's the offensive coordinator, so I'm not defending them. I'm not defending them for him. I'm saying when you go through their team and you look at the draft picks that aren't on the team, first round, second round, I mean, they're not a good team. You know, they had cap issues. Their, two, their best player, one of their best players, Wallers, is out. Hunter Renfro isn't playing. Now, I'm not sure Hunter Renfro was playing good. I mean, Hunter Renfro was not playing good at all. And, you know, and now he got hurt with an oblique in, in practice. And so their offensive line struggles. They can never get control of a game. See, this is where I think people really get confused. Even though you have a 17-point lead in the NFL, are you in control of the game, Right. And because their offensive line can't control the game, they did against Houston, but they can't in these games. They, they never got control. The one, the one game they should have won on the 17-point lead was Arizona. Arizona converted two two-point plays to win that game. It was kind of a joke. We know one of the calls on the defensive hold, it was ridiculous. So that, that aside, but this team is right now paying the effects of the Mayock-Gruden administration. If you go back and look at those drafts, I mean, it really is. And I think the owner knows this more than anybody. I think the owner knows it more. As much as the fans are coming down on the coach, you know, that they don't like Josh McDaniels, I think the owner understands the situation that he was put in by the, the narrow-mindedness of the former regime. And the fact that they went to the playoffs last year, to me, is almost serendipitous. Eventually, you were going to have to cash those checks for the mistakes the previous regime made, and it falls upon the new regime to deal with the mess that now – has unfurled. Okay, a couple things. One, I do like the number. Four feels like a good number for a team in Vegas that has played well at home there at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the total's low. This has been an over-stadium. The total sitting at 41. I just point to Indianapolis, and then we'll jump off it. Ellinger is completely lost. I mean, Belichick put on a clinic against the kid, and he doesn't have protection. There's no offensive line there to help him out. Right, and, and but look, the Raiders are not very good at corner, and unless Crosby or Chandler Jones get going, and now Jonathan Taylor's going to try to play today, but I think ultimately that's going to be challenging. I mean, Brady just makes a great throw. See, this what is a, a little throw. difference in this game. <laughs> this game here, so not we're jumping around here, but the reason this game is Tampa's in control right now is because Tampa can run the ball. This does not appear to be a 50-pass game for Brady. 
Okay, every game so far has been 50 passes, 50 passes. This looks like it's going to be a 35-pass game, and Brady has a little bit more balance. The burden of responsibility doesn't lay on his shoulders. So that's it. That's a great throw on a key third-down oh play gosh. to, to keep this throw. drive alive. And Seattle's been on the field way too much. Seattle's got to get a stop. They've got to get a negative play, and they're not getting one. There it is. See, another now they got throw, a rhythm. Another... Yep. Now a they got a rhythm because they, yeah. they got a little bit of a – see, people don't understand. You know, like you got to have balance in your offense to be able to build an offense. When you can't run the ball, all of a sudden you become battleship football. You just start searching for K5, G3, hit, miss. See, there's rhythm to their game right now, and Seattle needs to create a negative play with their defense. Reports out of Indy, if things don't go well today, Jeff Saturday could turn to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan did get first-team reps this week in practice. So that's interesting. It was said he would sit out. Remember, incentive-laden contract where he'll get paid. When we come back, we got a number jumping in Pittsburgh. This is fascinating. New Orleans got all the way up to lane three in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's now the favorite at a couple of shops as New Orleans in town, short week. Pittsburgh, of course, very, very rested. Okay, so we'll get to that number as Pittsburgh is a point favorite at a couple of shops hosting New Orleans. And for Marquee Sports Network, we've got a banger for you in Chicago. It's going to be cold, and here comes Detroit. Detroit, Chicago. Chicago's lane anywhere between two and a half and three. We're just getting started. From Munich to Atlantic City to Los Angeles and Vegas and between to Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football also horse racing today, and here are the top horse racing plays from Express Bet editor in chief Jeremy Plunk. Aqueduct today, race six. Jeremy has the four horse, Candy Light at 6-1 to one on top on the morning line. And at Churchill Downs in race nine, Jeremy has the nine horse miles ahead on top at 7-2. to two. Hope he is. Bet these races and more. First bet, VEASAN's preferred horse racing app. Get 10 bucks free when you sign up right now for the first bet app. Use the code HORSE200, and when you do, you get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details. That's VEASAN.com slash horses for details. We've got an adjustment in game. Remember, this game closed Michael Lombardi 2.5 with Tampa Lane at their now 13.5 point favorites. As uh, Leonard Fournette, Lenny scored. They're up 14-0. You saw Bruce Irvin on the sideline there giving the business to the Seattle defense. Reaction? Yeah, well, I think this is the most critical drive of the game. So, you know, we've got four minutes to go here. We've now got the middle eight. Seattle will get the ball to start the second half. So Seattle needs to deliver points here. They need to continue to work the clock. You're not in a rush. You're not in no need to be in two minute. You need to just get, you got a first down. Let's get this first down, you know, stick a run in here, get the ball, keep the clock going, get some points to start, and then get get some points and then come back in the second half and regroup. Don't let Brady back on the field again. Don't let Brady back on the field again because they've got some rhythm now. So this is one of those situations where, you know, you could end up catching up without Brady ever taking a snap, which has happened to the Raiders in those three 17-point deficits that have come back, is every time they've they've gotten a lead, they've not been able to control the middle eight and keep the lead. Massive rest advantage for Pittsburgh today, hosting New Orleans. Let's jump on this, and we'll keep you updated in-game there with Seattle and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay up two touchdowns. Michael, so this is interesting. As you were talking last segment, we started to see the red flash on the screen. Remember, the betting splits over at vsin.com. Uh, Pittsburgh is now a point favorite. It's a pick them at many shops. So this is interesting. A massive rest advantage for Pittsburgh, of course, coming off a bye. New Orleans, that Monday night game where they lost at home to Baltimore. Also, you've got Tomlin as a dog, specifically at home. He's 14-4-2 ATS as a home underdog, including 7-0-2 ATS over the past five seasons. This is a good spot. TJ Watt is back. Now they've struggled. They're 1-6 after winning the opener, Pittsburgh. What do you got on this one with New Orleans in town? I mean, this is a pros and Joe's play here now. I mean, this is really this is really a, a huge, another incomplete pass here in this game. So now here it is, 3.07. We've had two incomplete passes. We've stopped the clock twice. So now we're at third and 11. And if we don't get this first down, Brady's going to get the ball back with plenty of time. And so this is kind of a mismanagement of the middle eight in terms of play calling. Everybody's in such a rush 
to get this thing going, right? And instead of saying, okay, let's take our time, let's get a run in there, let's milk this clock down, and let's get some positive yards. This is a critical third and ten here in the game because if they don't get this first down, they could walk into halftime down 21 nothing, game over, right? So, And you've had a chance to do it. So now they're going to have to punt here. They're going to have to punt yep. here. So, you know, and so they end up having the ball for a minute. Again, this is where you lose games, and it's kind of the untold story. It's the non-obvious. It's the secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. And when you don't organize the non-obvious, their defense has got to come through here. All right, let's go to New Orleans-Pittsburgh. To me, this is really about Pittsburgh and Tomlin's ability, what they did during the bye week. Self-analysis, how can we avoid turning this ball over? We can't beat ourselves against the team. And New Orleans has been a turnover king. And – Pittsburgh's got to play the run. Last week against Baltimore, they couldn't run the football, which really put the onus on Andy Dalton. And once Andy Dalton had to participate, even though he didn't, he only had one turnover, it became problematic for them. So the, I think the reason the betting public is on Pittsburgh and the, and the Sharps are on Pittsburgh today is because that this is a game where Andy Dalton has not really always played well. Pittsburgh players are confident. And with Watt back, and if he can pressure Dalton into a mistake, That'll give that'll give the, the Pittsburgh Steelers a chance. Yeah, you mentioned the percentages. So the Steelers are garnering 79% of the tickets, 91% of the money over at BetMGM. Remember, this opened two and a half, three New Orleans, and now we've seen it come down. We've gone through zero at a couple of shops with Pittsburgh Lane one. That's a big time move uh, as far as the rest advantage for the Steelers. And of course, this is a New Orleans team, Michael. They did not look good on Monday night. They've lost three of four a 27-13 game against Baltimore where they didn't really look in it. That was a dispirited game as far as the New Orleans Saints are concerned. I thought that game was I thought that game was over in the first quarter. I, I mean, I thought there was no chance that New Orleans had 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 a had a handle on what to do on how to play that game. You know, going against Baltimore, sometimes when we play these games, when when an NFC team plays an AFC team that they only see once every 4 years, you can get caught off guard. Now, can Pittsburgh, can New Orleans handle the Pittsburgh, you know, excuse me, can New Orleans, can Pittsburgh handle this New Orleans? You're going to see a little bit more Taysom Hill today, I think. They're going to try to get their six-back approach going. But when you break down these two teams, really the game is very even. Pittsburgh has is only strong in one area of the top 19 areas that I evaluate, right? And so are the Saints, you know. And, we're, and the difference is the Saints have a few extra strengths. They're yellow. But this is a very even game, and I think because New Orleans was the favorite and because it's Tomlin playing at home, I think people are playing on the number. I think this will be a close game. I think it's a field goal game. I think you've lost the best of the number if you want to go with Pittsburgh. Good point. I want to get to Detroit-Chicago for Marquis next. Quickly, your number, the Lombardi line on New Orleans-Pittsburgh. My number was New Orleans should have been favored 2.93. So I I have New Orleans favored. I I definitely – I definitely favor New Orleans here, I, and that plays into that plays into their hand in terms of. I'm just trying to see here what I had. So the variance for me was was 2.93. Yep. So there's a 3.44 wiggle room in terms of my number based on what the line is. It opened up at 2.5. It opened up right about it. So the line moved away from me. Yep. So no, if I got to play it, I would. Pl- yep. If I got to play it, I got to play New Orleans, which to me, it's not be cr- you know. I don't know if it's the worst thing to play, but again, here we go, Patrick. A dome team playing outdoors in cold weather. We got three of them today, and every and all these three games that we're talking about, the lines moving towards the home team. You know what? You may want to lay off Pittsburgh and New Orleans. Those are two teams. One coming off a rest. If you like Tomlin, Tomlin's numbers are just overwhelming as far as ATS wise across his career, specifically at home. Okay, let's get to this one. It's not going to be crippling weather. It's going to be cold in Chicago, but not overly windy. Ten miles an hour. You've got Chicago laying two and a half, three, hosting division rival in Detroit. Detroit coming off a big division win last week against Green Bay. They give up five yards per rush. Justin Fields coming off one of the all-time great rush games we've seen from a quarterback. What do you got on this one? Well, look, I think this is about Detroit outdoors, right? So Detroit has played outside in the last two games. They scored six points against Dallas, even though it was a close game, 10-6. They turn it over at the one-yard line. And then they go into New England and get smoked, right? They get smoked, and then they come back indoors, and they play better. Jared Goff at 40 degrees. To me, 
Every time I think about Jared Goff playing in cold weather, I think of the movie Goodfellas, where Henry Hill comes into the Copacabana with his date, and they walks through the back of the door, and they put a table in front of the stage with a table for two. Well, that's Goff in front of the heaters. Like, he's going to be in front of those heaters. You know, he's a Southern California kid. He's never really played well in the heat, in the cold weather. And Chicago, which is not a great team defensively, I think we'll have a hard, he'll have a hard time. Now, that being said, I think where I like this game for Chicago from a handicap standpoint is simply this. I think Detroit, Detroit's really slow on defense. I think Detroit's defensive front's not very fast. And when you play a six-back team like this, when you play a six-back team with a quarterback who's very fast, who's a running back first, you've got to be fast on defense. You've got to be able to tackle well in space, and you've got to be able to chase from behind. Chase from behind is critical. That's how you create turnovers. Detroit doesn't have that. I think Justin Fields, in this kind of weather, they'll limit how many times he has to throw. I think it's going to be a hard game for Detroit. Detroit struggled to play Philadelphia, a sick back a team when they played home, when they couldn't slow them down at home. So I, I like the Bears here today. I think the Bears, just the matchup favors the Bears. Now the Bears' defense has got to come through, and I think they could turn the ball over on Goff, especially in bad weather. Here's the mismatch. The Lions are allowing five yards per rush. That's 28th in the NFL. The Bears have the second best rush attack at 5.4 in the NFL. So that's the mismatch. Fields won't throw for 200. What's fascinating here, Michael, is the total is elevated. It's 48 and a half. Division unders are clipping 70% to the under this year. And remember, Detroit doesn't score on the road like they score at home. Yeah, and look, Detroit is not a – look, both defense – the reason that the over-under number has can gone up is because these two defenses are not good, right? And so when you're playing bad on bad, now the offenses start to look a lot better. But I would lean towards the under here because I'm not sure golf in cold weather. It's going to be 33 degrees. I don't know how much wind's going to be. I haven't seen the game on the boards here. But I, the, the weather is going to impact this, right? And Chicago, to me, has been the better team. Not that they're the better team talent-wise. They just played better in all three phases. So I, I like that. I don't like dome teams going outside that aren't not fast. Chicago is going to be concerted. Run the football against a slow defense. No need to throw the football against Detroit. Yep, no doubt. Specifically in the cold, like you said. Okay, we're going to get to your power ratings next, and we'll get you updated in Germany. Kansas City's drop below doubles hosting Jacksonville. Where do they sit on Michael Lombardi's power rankings? That's next here on the Lombardi Line. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you can turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game. If all legs of the parlay hit except one, you're going to get your stake back in free bets up to $25. It's a great deal from the king of sportsbooks. Log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. You had to get something if you're Seattle as we welcome you back. A wonderful week 10. The theme today is quarterbacks. We'll continue. Who's in? Who's out? He's in. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. You had to get something if you're Seattle there. Let's yeah. get to that quickly, and then we'll get to your power ratings. Well, I mean, you had to get something there, and you start to drive off. You don't pick up a stunt. The inside linebacker twists around, and you don't block it, and, and Gino gets sacked. So, you know, fortunately, this punter, Dixon, has kind of bailed you out. It gave him bad field position on the drive before. They couldn't get the first down. And then now this with, with 28 seconds left to go and one timeout. I mean, I got to believe Brady's just going to want to take it in for the half and start the second half, which is what he's doing. So, you know, I mean, look, you got to go into halftime, and you got to come out with a drive to get points. You've got to come out with a drive to get points. I mean, Pete calls timeout here, but he only has well, – I think he only has one more timeout after this one. So he's going to – one thing you want to try to do here, though, Patrick, if you're a coach, you say, why is he doing this? Because if he can force him to punt, you know, and you have a good punt block, then maybe you can find a way to make a play, you know, or you could do something if a punt goes bad or shank it, maybe you have a chance for a field goal. So it's not hopeless, but I think you've got to – you know, if you can create the situation – now, I don't know how many – I don't know if they updated the timeout chart there, so I can't really tell. But that's that's the thinking of why you would call timeout here. Okay, we'll keep you updated there. In Munich, Germany, 14-0 Tampa Bay. They're taking a knee, 23 seconds to go. We'll get you caught up with the halftime numbers as well. Let's get to Michael Lombardi's power rankings. Of course, remember, you can find the power rankings, the quarterback rankings, the line that's dubious to Michael every Friday on the Lombardi Look Ahead. That's for VEASAN subscribers over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We'll throw up the list. Kansas City is going to be near the top. Jacksonville at Kansas City. This number is nine and a half. You see it. You've got Kansas City sitting four. We'll come back to that. This number did touch 10 with Kansas City laying it, but most shops, Michael, are sitting the Jags nine and a half. Let's start with your list there. Buffalo's at the top at one. Yeah, I mean Buffalo's just so good in so many categories. I mean they're they're in the top ten, they're in the top uh, seven in twelve categories that I value in terms of what determines the outcome of a game, and so that's why they and they they have no weaknesses. Whereas Philadelphia is really good too. I mean Philadelphia has is good in fourteen of those categories. They're just slightly below, but they do have one red area. They've actually gotten sacked more than typically you would think they would. Uh, Baltimore and Kansas City are dead even in terms of their power ranking for me. Baltimore has really improved over the last five weeks. I think Kansas City, when you look at their team, they're kind of inconsistent. I mean, Mahomes has been really good. Their defense gives up a couple plays to the Tennessee Titans or else they should have covered that game. That was one of the the worst non-cover games you could ever see, especially considering the Titans got one first down with 542 remaining in the second quarter. And then, you know, Dallas, Minnesota have played really well. I mean, Cincinnati – has played well since, you know, they lose to Cleveland up there. They come back and they played well against Carolina. And New England, you know, New England at home the last two weeks, they shut out They shut out Detroit. They get the Colts. I think the, Col- the Colts scored three points. Defensively and in the kicking game, New England's very good. They just haven't been able to get that offense in any rhythm. So the other team, the team that I think, and I wrote about this, the team that's 10 probably should be in the – top two, three, or four are San Francisco. And the reason they're only 10 here, but they're 10 with an arrow up, the Casey Kasem arrow, right, is because they they had so many injuries that their numbers kind of, especially losing in Atlanta, their numbers aren't as good. To me, they're healthy today. They play a Seattle, a, a, a Los Angeles Charger team without receivers. I think it's a big game for San Francisco to come out and show how good they are. 
Jacksonville, Kansas City, oddly enough, 40-point performances by the Chiefs all on the road this year. They're only averaging 25.2 at Arrowhead. We saw them prolific on offense, but down at the half against Tennessee last week. The Jags' six losses this season, none were by more than one possession. This is an interesting spot for Kansas City. I'll tell you why, Michael. They're coming off that big primetime game against Tennessee. Next week, they've got... Of course, AFC rival in the in the Chargers. They went to San Francisco, played great. They had Buffalo in primetime the week before. Kind of a sleepy spot for Kansas City hosting Jacksonville today, laying nine and a half. Yeah, and you can't sleep on Jacksonville because when you watch them play last week against the Raiders, their defensive front is good, and they can get after the quarterback. And, and what we saw Tennessee do was exactly what Jacksonville will do today is they rushed four and got a lot of pressure on Mahomes. They made Mahomes very uncomfortable in that pocket, and he wasn't able to really make the throws he needed to make. And and if he didn't scramble on that last drive of the game for the first down and then for the touchdown and then for the two-point play, you know, this game doesn't even get into overtime. So, you know, it's it's been one of those where if you can rush four against this Kansas City team and pressure Mahomes, Kansas City's invested a lot of money in their offensive line. And yet their offensive line, I would not say, is elite, especially on the right side. Left tackle Orlando Brown, he'll have his hands full with Walker today. Walker, the first-round pick, first overall pick in the draft, is very good at powering and speed, and that's going to give Orlando Brown a lot of trouble. Orlando Brown doesn't have the foot quickness to be a great left tackle, so he uses his great size and his arm length. But against a guy that can really run the edge, it becomes a problem. So we mentioned dogs are the theme. They're hitting at a 58% clip this year. Dogs of three and a half or more are hitting at a 65% clip. Add to that, Kansas City is 0-4 ATS at home this season. Mahomes in his career, 15-19 and ATS at home. So interesting note, because let's be fair about Jacksonville. They're 3-6. and six. They should be better than 3-6. and six. No This doubt. is a they good are a defense, better top 10 in scoring. And what happened last week was they decided – that after all the complaining I've been doing is they finally decided to let ATN be the lead of their offense, right? So they ran the football more effectively. ATN was very effective. They've always been able to run the ball. It's that Peterson gets into those 50, 45 pass games. Like, that's not what you want. That's not how you want to play a game with a quarterback who has been prone to make red zone mistakes. So you've got to manage the game according to what the strength of your quarterback is, which is something Jacksonville didn't do. And they keep going for it on fourth down. They keep putting themselves in bad situations. Last week, even though they got behind in the game, they stayed within the flow of the game. And they didn't lose ATN in the game. And they kept him attached to their offense. And they only threw six incomplete passes the whole day. So that allowed that allowed them to have some continuity and execution. I mean, they really did a great job of executing against a bad Raider defensive team. They're going to need to execute today. They're going to need to block the. They're going to need to protect the quarterback, block it. But they can't let you. You can't go into Kansas City and throw it 50 times and think you're going to win. Well, you mentioned Etienne, so let's discuss him. He has run for 100 yards and one touchdown in three straight games. He's having a great season. And Kansas City, conversely, they have as far as a run stop win rate, they're the worst in the NFL. Over the last what is it four games, they've allowed 5.3 yards per rush. I'll get you his prop on the game, that being Etienne, but Etienne should be able to get loose against his Kansas City defense. Yeah, but when you watch Kansas City's run defense, and when you see them when they try to play run defense, it's really they get into a lot of trouble when they go against some two back teams, when they go against some 12 personnel, and there's a lead back. I mean, the Raiders ran the ball effectively with a lead back, whether it's out of 12 personnel, whether it's out 21 personnel. A lot of these teams today in the National Football League struggle against two-back runs because nobody really practices, and everybody's practicing against the RPO runs. You know, the handoff, do I pull it, do I not pull it? You know, and Kansas City last week against, uh, against the Titans struggled. I mean, he hit some big runs on them out of a kind of a two-back scheme, a, a point-of-entry run. So they've got to do a good job, and Jacksonville's got to modify their run game a little bit to take advantage of that, and I think they can. Because one thing, when you play Kansas City, you think you go on the road, and it's so loud, and it's so much noise that you feel like, oh, we're not going to be able to run the football there. But you can run the ball if you're being willing to be patient against the run. And, and this team, and then you could throw the ball on Kansas City. Kansas City's not great at corner. I mean, they're not. I mean, they don't, they don't, they're 27th in the league in, in getting interceptions. They're 31st in allowing touchdown passes against them, right? And so you can throw the football effectively against them. 
And that's what they have to do. You've got to mix run. You've got to balance your offense, which is something that Jacksonville hasn't done, especially on the road this year. Pick a prop for the betters, okay? Etienne's rush prop today is set at 80 and a half, Michael. His rush plus receiving prop set at 102 and a half. So you can go rush receive or you can go just rush on Etienne. I would say this. If you're going to take Jacksonville in the points, then take Etienne in those props. Work them together. Okay. Because I think it's got to happen. That has to happen for Jacksonville to be able to cover this number. Okay. Correlative bet 140, minus 140, $1.40 to win a dollar on Etienne anytime touchdown over at DraftKings. Okay. Tremendous. And and quickly, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back with an update on the quarterbacks. Your number, Jacksonville at Kansas City, Lombardi line. 8.83. So I would play Jacksonville. I don't trust Jacksonville, especially in-game management and how to play the game. I don't trust them at all to be able to understand what they have to do to win the game. If you want to bet Jacksonville, you can go to DraftKings and get a 10 right now. Big difference between 9.5 and and 10. Quarterbacks are the question. We've got an update next. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. 